the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height filling in today for Mr. Ed Martin, stepping into the booth here this first segment to get us kicked off uh, and into the program today. We do have uh, Ed's voice with us here, a couple of brand new interviews that you're going to want to hear and not miss, but Ed could not join us here at the beginning of the show, so I agreed to step in and deliver the what you need to know and then bring us back around and wrap it up today. But uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a regular listener, for being with us today. We've got a good one. Uh, Before we dive into it, let me go ahead and remind you, head over to ProAmericaReport.com. There you can find Ed's writings and uh, the podcast. You can also go to PhyllisSchlafly.com, uh, and there you will also find all the audio archives of this program. Uh, ProAmericaReport.com, PhyllisSchlafly.com. If you want to get a hold of all of the links, the resources, the notes, the standalone segments with each guest, the full podcasts of everything, the radio commentaries that play in the last segment, those are the places that you want to go uh, to get that information. And while you're there, don't forget, sign up. ProAmericaReport.com, uh, PhyllisLafley.com. Sign up for the email list. Get on the email list. You'll get the wink email, what you need to know, every morning, uh, early into your inbox. Super short, super helpful, and I promise it will be a very good and very enlightening port, uh, part of your day, and it will be useful to you. Uh, we won't uh, subscribe you to junk, won't sell your email or trade it. Uh, you know the deal. We will only send you worthwhile stuff, which is uh, what we're dealing with today. Uh, not only here in this first segment, we're going to get into the what you need to know uh, real quick, but uh, before we do, I'll, I'll go ahead and preview. Definitely come back and make sure you're here uh, for our guests today. Uh, we've got uh, uh, a uh, an American economist and a commentator who's going to talk about the Second Amendment, uh, existing laws on the books, uh, rather than pushing for new gun control. We're also going to speak to an author and the owner of SaveTheWest.com. We've got Dr. John Lott and uh, Kim, uh, Ken Abramovitz today. Ab- Abramovitz? Abramovitz? Oh my goodness. I This is, of course, we'll leave this to Ed. Uh, to co- to correct uh, my pronunciation if I've gotten it wrong here. Uh, but uh, we have got two great guests today, uh, two very good guests, and looking forward to those. But uh, let's let's dive into it here. Before we uh, get to the meat of the uh, the meat of our interviews, let's get to the meat of what you need to know, the wink. And I tell you what, there are headlines flying left and right this week from Congress, uh, members of Congress that are not running anymore. Uh, still uh, news headlines flying from overseas, the Israel Hamas war. We've got uh, all kinds of stuff happening in courtrooms, uh, people trying to kick uh, Trump off the ballot in uh, Colorado and Michigan. And uh, beneath all of that is this drumbeat of a paper trail of corruption of the Biden family. And it just seems that no matter what 
damning documents come out, no matter what uh, connections or proof uh, come out about corruption uh, from the White House, there is always something to try to distract us from it. And uh, I tell you what, I think that you and I both know that is certainly not an accident. Uh, so uh, there's the there's the what you need to know for today, today's wink. Uh, what you need to know is we must be laser focused on the truth. We must be laser focused on the truth. We cannot give up. We cannot get tired. We cannot let go of searching for the truth when it comes to governing our nation, when it comes to uh, riding this cultural ship that has uh, turned so drastically uh, off course. We must doggedly pursue the truth and doggedly pursue transparency when it comes to government. And I tell you what, uh, this week, I believe firmly is evidence evidence that exactly the opposite is what the powers that be want. Uh, And uh, I'm actually I'm going to have an opportunity uh, later this week to talk about uh, finding truth in the news and cutting through some of the propaganda and fake news uh, to some students. And this is always a very interesting uh, topic to dive into because it is such a coordinated effort. Uh, it looks like across the spectrum, and that's exactly what we're what we're looking at this week. It's it's almost as if uh, there are uh, things ready to go uh, to springboard the news different directions to not talk about uh, people who are connected to the establishment, the deep state. You fill in the name for it that you like. The elites in power that want more power uh, to themselves. We the powerful. There is no end to the stories that they are ready to spin up to throw up into the news to try to distract we the people from seeing what they the powerful are doing and that's exactly i think what's happening today and, and of course it's uh, it's it's even you know uh, definitely not just a distraction technique but they're in fact trying to influence things that are happening in the future it's just so ironic uh, almost it, it, it would it would be funny if it weren't so sad all of the lawsuits it's just, we'll take this one distraction that the the uh, lawsuit news and dragging uh, trump into court and gag orders, no gag orders, put the gag order back on uh, this back and forth. It really is a very interesting to watch. Um, and, and it's quite sad to see our justice system dragged into the political mud the way that it is, which I say, I say dragged in. They've, you know, several judges have chosen to drag themselves in willingly, several prosecutors as well, uh, and create this vicious lawfare, uh, this new term that we're using. It's very rightly so it's used. Uh, but it, it's very very interesting to see that as even it's a even as it's used as a distraction this week uh, or this month and this time in uh, this point in time as Donald Trump is trying to run uh, yet again for president and the Biden family is trying to hide what looks by all appearances that I can see to be major uh, scandals uh, left and right uh, money and foreign money and corruption and all kinds of uh, pay to influence uh, situations. As these news stories come up and try to distract us from uh, what they don't want us to see, uh, they are also simultaneously doing the very thing that they accuse their political opponent, Donald Trump, of doing. They are meddling in the upcoming election. They are using 
all uh, well, pulling out all the stops uh, to try to prevent Trump from being on a ballot somewhere, try to prevent uh, this this uh, uh, movement of uh, America first, make America great again, folks, uh, from driving forward the Republican primary process. It's just it's really interesting to watch. <laughs> and again, it, it would almost be funny uh, if it weren't so sad. That's exactly what we're watching. The the people who will point backwards and talk about how we can't allow uh, election deniers. In fact, was, well, this is I'm I'm you know not to uh, defame anyone specifically here, but um, I I mean this is very interesting. You see Ken Buck this week retiring from Congress, announcing he's not going to run for re-election again in Colorado. Uh, the the very reason that he quotes is is that uh, he's tired of what the Republican Party has supposedly become. These people who've denied the 2020 election and who uh, interfered and meddled, and it's just so interesting because that's exactly what the powers that be are doing. That is exactly what those who are opposed to Donald Trump are doing yet again. They are meddling in the upcoming and future presidential elections, doing whatever they can through the legal system to stop uh, this choice from going to the ballot box, f- to stop people from having a legitimate choice. If, if Donald Trump is so wildly unpopular, let the public shut him down, right? Right. But, uh, of course, we're not going to, you know, they have to try to not let it get to that point. Uh, That's really just the plain and simple fact of it. But uh, back to the original point to just to just wrap it up here. It's as we were trying to discuss uh, for the show today, we've got a couple of really good you know guests who are going to kind of micro focus into things that need to be looked at. As, As you look across the spectrum of what's happening right now, we could go off into each of these different things as their own topic. It could be its own radio segment, probably a whole show, frankly, to talk about uh, the corruption, the paper trail that's coming up of the corruption of the Biden family or the uh, potential election interference that is being run right now through the lawfare scam uh, from our uh, from Georgia to Colorado to Michigan. Uh, The election interference of trying to keep uh, candidates off of the ballot rather than let people decide voters decide at the ballot box. Each one of these things is its own issue. But as you look at the whole field when you back up and see the gameplay of this uh, of this whole thing you realize that each of these stories uh, definitely have their rise right as something very unflattering about someone very much in bed with the powers that be uh, it comes up to the news. We have something that we must run with. We've got to run interference. We have to get people distracted. We have to make sure that people aren't looking, they say. We have to make sure people aren't looking at this thing we don't want them to look at. So here we go. We have to raise this other issue. We have to talk about this. We have to throw up this distraction. We must not be worn down. And uh, that's really uh, what they want. That is what uh, the rich and powerful people uh, who claim to be against uh, the rich and powerful people who claim to be for all of these uh, minority victim uh, status uh, folks that they create, all of these uh, uh, oppressed peoples that they create. uh, That is exactly who is behind this modern radical leftist movement and that is exactly who we must stay focused on i tell you what they would love nothing more than for us to give up to get tired to relinquish on our support for good people who are looking to pull back these curtains of of uh, cloaked uh smoke and mirrors and in, in the halls of congress and in the executive branch and we cannot let them wear us down we cannot get tired we must doggedly pursue the truth look at what is behind the curtain and demand transparency 
in our government. There's no other way that we're ever going to return power here to we the people in the United States of America. Don't give up. Don't stop pursuing the truth. That's what you need to know. So uh, join us at the other side of the break here. We're going to get into a couple of great interviews. Go to ProAmericaReport.com and PhyllisSchlafly.com to sign up for the email, get all of the radio files uh, from the past and all the archives. And we will see you here after the break right on the Pro America Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, we're just talking offline as we're getting ready. Our next guest is uh, Dr. John R. Lott, Jr., uh, well-known economist. Um, you know, Dr. Lott, I, we were talking, you've spoken a number of times at the late Phyllis Schlafly, with whom I worked at her events. But here's the best quote I saw on your website. By the way, it's crimeresearch.org, crimeresearch.org. And Milton Friedman, the late Milton Friedman, said of John Lott, quote, John Lott has few equals as a perceptive analyst of controversial public policy issues. And I really, uh, for lots of reasons that have to do with, I think, your temperament and your style, you've been very effective at being a voice in these controversial issues. And one of them right now is, of course, gun control after what happened in Maine and and every other chance they have to do this. And this is something that uh, Dr. Lott has written on and researched on and spoken about a number of times. So first of all, welcome, sir. Thank you for coming on the program. Well, thanks very much for having me on. I appreciate it. So um, this the headline on a town hall column, our sister site, is why not enforce existing laws rather than push for new gun control? And this is written by our guest, Dr. Lott, Dr. John R. Lott. Um, the, the problem is politicians don't do anything that's smart. So that's that's putting it aside. But how, how, how can we, the people, demand that? I mean, and, and maybe what's the history of this? You know, when you say in existing laws, there's plenty and they've been passed over the last 20 years as well as the last, you know, 200 years. And here we are. So tell us a little bit about what you're getting at in this column. Right. Well, uh, we're talking about this most recent case, this uh, mass murderer in in Maine. Yeah. Uh, He made threats against other people. Uh, He threatened to kill other people, uh, apparently. And, uh, you know, that's a crime. Uh, He should have been arrested. He should have been uh, prosecuted for for committing those crimes. Uh, He was also... uh, committed to a mental health care facility for two weeks this past summer. Um, You know, I obviously, you know, I haven't seen the mental health reports there, but it's pretty clear that uh, what would have had to happen is that the mental health care experts that had him in there would have to come to the conclusion that he wasn't a danger to himself or others, or they wouldn't have released him at that point. Um, And so, uh, you know, and that's something we frequently see uh, in these mass public shooters. In fact, if you look over the last 25 years, over half of these murders uh, were seeing mental health care professionals before their attack. And not in one single case was the individual as identified as a danger to themselves or others. So but, you know. Um, you know, part of the problem is uh, just the inability for these mental health care professionals to go and uh, uh, identify these individuals. And they have all sorts of explanations for why they they miss these cases. Um, you know, so this guy apparently had uh, schizophrenia. Uh, there are about two and a half to three million Americans at any point in time that are suffering from schizophrenia. Uh, but if you look over the last 25 years, there's maybe one or two, possibly two other cases 
uh, where uh, one of these mass murders uh, was suffering from schizophrenia. In fact, it's it's pretty rare uh, to have these types of things, which is one of the reasons why mental health care professionals will say that uh, they have such a hard time uh, identifying these individuals. Uh, and so, you know, people are talking about, well, you know, we just need a red flag law or something. And uh, they already have in Maine a so-called yellow flag law where uh, if police think that the person is a danger to themselves or others, if they think that there is a, a shot, the police, and they may have gotten uh uh, comments from relatives or whatever that brought the police into the picture, they can go and uh, write up a short report, send it to a judge, and a judge is able to go and take away uh, a person's guns without their ability to, uh, uh, you know, even have a hearing. Um, you know, the thing is, with uh, the current law that's right. there, uh, you already have a situation where uh there's something called civil commitment in all the states. If these mental health care professionals thought that there was a problem uh, with the individual, uh, they could have already uh, gone to a judge. And what they could have done in that situation is that uh, there could have been an immediate hearing. Uh, if somebody couldn't afford a lawyer, one would be provided for them. Uh, and then uh, there be a determination. Evidence would be seen whether or not the guy was a danger to themselves or others. And if uh, uh, if it was decided that he was, then uh, the judge has a range of options. He could have voluntary commitment and another hearing in a week or two. He could go and take away the person's driver's license or guns. Or in the more extreme case, he could have been involuntarily committed. Um, None of that was happening. Uh, doctor, doctor, we're talking with uh, again, uh, uh, Doctor uh, John Lott, and his uh, his uh, center is called the Crime Prevention Research Center, uh, which he founded and operates. It's crime research, crimeresearch dot org. Um, so, in, in and the the gun example, the main example is, a, is a obviously hot topic. But broadly speaking, is this a good time to be uh, John Lott, the 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 guy who can talk about complex uh, public policy issues, because? Some some prosecutors have tried the don't enforce the law. Let's see how it works out. And crime is out of control. Right. So, I mean, and that's one of the so talking about how how you, you know, talking about the research, the relationship between laws and crime seems to be what people should want to do. But are we just living in a in a world where people are in in camps and they're not paying attention? Or are you finding that people are going, okay? let me figure out why there's more crime because of what's uh, what's not being enforced? Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think it's rocket science. I mean, you have had large cuts in police budgets that are there, restrictions on police and their jobs. Uh, you have, as you say, district attorneys who are refusing to prosecute violent criminals. You had liberal judges in many areas in the country releasing half or even two thirds of the inmates from jails, uh, even as even as recently as the beginning of uh, 2022. Uh, you know, and these are young people. These are overwhelmingly people like 18 to early 30s. They're not the ones that we we even knew in 2020 that these weren't the ones that were at risk. And yet they were being released well into 2022. Uh, you know, and you have crazy things like bail reform that they're going on. Uh, you know, there's this notion of marginal deterrence. So there's a case recently in Detroit where a guy killed three people. Uh, he was released on putting up a thousand dollars for bond. 
uh, and he killed somebody else. And so what are you going to do? I mean, he's already facing three life sentences. Uh, you're going to give him a fourth life sentence. It's going to be he's going to say, well, um, you know, now if you're going to take away my fourth life, then that will keep me from committing. Now I'll behave, yeah. now, now I'll behave finally. Uh, but but, but uh, again, Dr. John Lott is our guest and, and the founder and the president of the Crime Prevention Research Center, uh, CrimeResearch.org. Uh, you've watched this ebb and flow for years. You know, the gun control movement gets a little energy if the, after it's sort of weaponized by the media, the the, uh, you know, the different back leaders in the White House that have a certain positions. But right now um, is is the is the flowing of crime um, an opportunity to get policy and law right and and make progress? Are you feeling that way or, or are you just shaking your head going, man, I wish you people would uh, understand what I was talking about? Well, I think. Even many Democrats are beginning to understand, even if they still give lip service to it. But you don't have all of them changing. Uh, you know, it's uh, and, and they're not changing as dramatically as I think that they need to change in these areas. If you want to go and reduce crime after it's gotten out of so much control, you need to go and have a lot more police. I, part of what I think has gone on is uh, they liberals know that uh uh, police are probably among the most conservative groups out there, particularly on issues like gun control and what have you. And so part of what I think was going on is that if you can just have kind of a wholesale firing of police officers, particularly older officers that are there, and and then go back and replace them at a later date, you can train uh, the new younger officers to kind of be more sympathetic to the types of political views that uh, that the politicians and what have there. Because you look at surveys of police officers from right. a couple or a few years ago, and they they're among the strongest supporters of private ownership of guns. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, yeah. you'll have like 76 percent of officers think that private ownership of guns are either extremely or very important in terms of reducing crime. Right. You especially right. have no one that says that uh, <laughs> they're a harm for, yeah. uh, you know, increasing crime. Uh, uh, Dr. John Lott, I'm out of time, unfortunately. I got to go. Um, so let me uh, say thank you. And we'll have you back again. It's been a while since I've had him on the show. Um, his again, his website is crimeresearch.org. There's a lot more there. And I should have said at the beginning, he served in senior roles in the Trump uh, administration which is a great indication when people complain about uh, personnel. Having uh, John Lott, Dr. John Lott on the team was really wise of uh, President Trump. We're going to take a break, though, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin, excuse me, here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, this is a good one. Never our listeners will, will smile at this. This gentleman, uh, our next guest, uh, Ken Abramowitz, is a an author. Uh, he maintains a website, SaveTheWest.com, and uh, has a ton to say on what's happening in the world. And he was referred to us by one of our other guests last week. Uh, and uh, and so I said, well, let's talk to him. And so here we are. Ken, welcome to the program. Thank you for coming on. Again, I mentioned uh, your uh, bio, especially the, there's a, the, a book, uh, The Multi-Front War, uh, uh, and save the west.com so welcome to the program how are you sir Thank you very much for having me. Well, when I look at uh, SaveTheWest.com, your site, and I see now what you're writing about because of what's happened in Israel, what's happening in the world, and I, I see your book on this, uh, The Multi-Front War, the subtitles, Defending America from Political Islam, China, Russia, Pandemics, and the, and Racial Strife. It seems to me, um, in a funny way, 
you know, you, you were prepared for this time, not to say you'd ever want this time, but I, I, the argument here is, hey, look, there's a problem with you call it political Islam. Um, and it's not just a debate. It's not just a, an academic problem. It's a it's a deadly problem. And I don't know how you feel when I say that we're at a point where your your value is uh, is at its highest. But it feels like that. Well, I, I monitor three big challenges that we have. I call them the Reds, the Greens, and the Blues. Okay. The Reds are the Communists, the Greens are the Islamists, Blues are the Globalists. Hmm. So the, the key argument in my book is that you have to address all your challenges simultaneously. It's like juggling. You know, If you're juggling three balls and one's red, one's green, and one blue, all the balls are important. You have to address all of them simultaneously. Uh, our guest is that's great. Uh, b- by the way, that's a brilliant uh, way to think of it. And and I think it's so, you know, it sounded like Phyllis Schlafly, the late Phyllis Schlafly, because uh, she uh, would talk uh, about the globalists, of course, and uh, and especially about communism. That was really where she cut her teeth. And I think a lot of people miss that focus. OK, um, but Ken Abramowitz, uh, where do we head from here when so much of the globalists now and the media seem to be wanting to muddy up the waters? And it I, I hate to say it. It seems like it's working. Well, the reds, the greens, and the blues work together, (laughs) either by design or or by coincidence or because they think similarly. And and they they have declared war on us. So so we're in World War III. We don't know that, but we are. And um, so we... we have to figure out how to how to win World War Three, and we have to learn how to defeat uh, the Reds, the Greens, and the Blues simultaneously before they defeat us. Is the um, but so so again? But you, you've you've been an observer of this and a and a critic and analyst an analyst uh, for a long time. It feels like the um, the combination of social media and then the media deterioration makes it harder for consensus to hold for long. For example, after Hamas attacked and so clearly was, I mean, it was not only brutal murder, but it was a terrorist type of brutal murder meant to terrorize people. It didn't seem to take long for a whole bunch of people and and you could say the red greens and blues to try to change the conversation from that fact that that is the that is the fact of the last month and yet we're we're talking about other things really quickly to the detriment i think of having a a a unifying consensus well you see in world war one and world war two we were primarily fighting a physical war and the war was over there uh, in World War III, we're fighting a physical war and a cultural war, and the war is right here. So uh, that's the uh, difference. For example, we have some general in the Pentagon who's in charge of physical war, or the uh, Secretary of Defense. Who's, who's the secretary in charge of cultural war? No, nobody. So the bad guys always have, they, they would call a minister of propaganda. The bad guys always have someone running cultural war, but the good guys never put somebody in charge of cultural warfare. Uh, Ken, Ken Abramowitz is our guest, and, and he is the founder and the, and the curator of SaveTheWest.com. There's a ton there. I'm looking at it as we talk now. Ken, it's a great point, and uh, I'll say it differently, which I'll encourage you. Uh, the Monroe Doctrine, which will celebrate 200 years uh, in about a month now, it, it was uh, James Monroe was not objecting to some nation. He was objecting to a system, and he said the system that you're you're not allowed to bring that system to our our hemisphere, and 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 forget about what it was. Now we can say the the Islamic system, the fundamentalist Islamic system, the Hamas version, especially, it's not compatible with a Western democracy. But man alive, if the borders wide open and the images are, are half of what they look like, we, we, the invasion is on and ongoing. Uh, yes. 
Well, actually, I monitor seven forms of warfare. Uh, you, <laughs> okay. you just mentioned one of them. Uh, uh, demographic is uh, warfare is a form of warfare. And so the, with the border open, uh, there's demographic warfare against the U.S. Uh, by our enemies. And my point in my book is you have to address all forms of warfare. You have to address all forms of enemies and all forms of warfare. And you have to do everything simultaneously. And uh, needless to say, democratic governments have a difficulty doing one or two things simultaneously let alone a hundred things simultaneously. The, of the of the nations in the world, the nations that have had to deal with this multi-front war, Israel has a, a unique position, I think, because more of the people understand the multi-war approach. Maybe I'm maybe I'm reading into that, but let me let me assert it and see if you disagree. But so if if that is true, what are the lessons? I mean, Israel was is a very careful uh, nation about its own security and all. And what Hamas did was so obviously, you know, a, a surprise is is the wrong word, but it was you know it was full to full on terrorism. What's the lessons for the rest of us? I mean, if we're if we're not ready, if Israel wasn't ready uh, and isn't fighting on a broad enough, uh, you know, fighting the wars, America certainly isn't. I mean, wh- where's the lesson for the future? Well, the lesson is that we cannot underestimate our enemies, as Israel did and as America did and does. So the reds, the greens, and the blues have declared war on us. Hello? <laughs> you can't just sit back and say, oh, they're joking, they don't really mean it, it's just a propaganda, and uh, we have to take these threats very seriously. But I, I want to summarize what the threat is to make it simple for everybody. Yeah. Good people, the democracies, we believe in life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 100% of the people. The bad guys... Guys, the reds, the greens, and the blues believe in life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 10% of the population, the elites and their friends and their families. That's what the conflict's all about. And we have to decide if we're going to defend life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 100% of the people and fight for it. Because if we don't, they're going to take over and we'll have life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 10% of the people. What happens, uh, Ken Abramowitz, our guest again, and, and uh, his book uh, is available anywhere you buy books, The Multi-Front War, Defending America from Political uh, political Islam, China, Russia, Pandemics, and Racial Strife. What happens when, in the case of America right now, you have the Biden administration, which seems to support Israel? I think that's fair. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I believe anything they ever say, but and yet they're not fighting any of the other wars. I mean, the cultural war there, in fact, uh, you know, there was a the, the executive order on AI is sweeping and just coming out the details that they want every bit of AI to be sort of multicultural, you know, DEI and all this garbage. You know, what do you do in the case of where you, it feels like your loyalty is divided? Because I, I want the president of the United States to support uh, you make sure we don't get into wars, but make sure that our allies can do what they need to do to protect themselves. And yet on every other front, uh, he's not a serious uh, leader for the for the West. Well, the, the reason he's not serious is within the administration, there's elements of reds, greens, and blues. Right, right. <laughs> so it's very difficult to run a government dedicated to protecting life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 100% of the people when the uh, government, the administration, is riddled with reds, greens, and blues dedicated to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness for 10% of the population. In other words, they can't speak with a clear message for very long. Uh, along the same lines, uh, I, I'm glad that you reminded me. I'm looking back at my notes. I, I thought of this in the in the Cold War. The Reds, the communists, and, and we, when the Soviet Union fell, there was declassification of enough of the Soviet documents to see that the infiltration of America by the Soviets was was not just intentional and ongoing, but wildly successful. And there's no doubt that the communist Chinese regime is not less intense or sophisticated than the Soviet Russians were. And similarly, you know, the the globalists and the, and 
uh, and the others uh, and uh, political Islam. I mean, at this point, it's an onslaught, right? I mean, that's I guess your point is it's a war and no one not enough of us are calling it a war. Right. That's right. Because politically, uh, democracies can't handle war. Can you imagine if I'm running for something, Senate, Congress, doesn't matter. And I say, vote for me. We're in World War Three. We're under attack. <laughs> and the reds, the greens and the blues. And if you vote for me, we're going to spend more money at, at defeating the reds, the greens and the blues. And my competitor says, vote for me and we'll get peace. And I'll give you subsidies for your house and your health care and grandchildren. And this other guy just wants to fight wars. Right. So what? So what happens, Ken? Does it is just is it, is it is it is it just a decline of, uh, of uh, the West? What happens is Pearl Harbor or what happened in Israel, October 7th. In other words, the democracies are fat, dumb and happy because the people are fat, dumb and happy. And they vote for politicians who are fat, dumb and happy. And then when Pearl Harbor happens or 9-11 or October 7th, the population goes, uh, OMG, uh, do something. <laughs> Save me. Help. Right. That's amazing. All right. Ken Abramowitz, uh, thank you for coming on. I'm out of time. The book is The Multi-Front War by Ken Abramowitz. Also, his website, SaveTheWest.com. Uh, we'll have you back on again. Thank you uh, very much. We've got to take a break, everybody. I'm up against the break. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Scheming liberals think they've checkmated Republicans by charging them with crimes in state courts in Atlanta and in Michigan. Scary terms like unpardonable litter the airwaves on the Sunday morning talk shows, misleading the public to think that President Donald Trump cannot pardon crimes prosecuted in state courts. This is more fake news by the left. A conservative president in 2025 would have total power to pardon all who have been victimized by these politically motivated prosecutions, including those criminally charged in state courts. Many presidential pardons over more than two centuries have fully protected the recipients against all prosecutions and judicial proceedings, as President George Washington broadly stated in his first pardon in 1797. No one credibly doubted then or now that a presidential pardon protects against state court prosecutions. The text of the Constitution and decisions by the U.S. Supreme Court support a broad pardon power as a prerogative exclusive to the president. The Supreme Court has repeatedly held that pardon and commutation decisions have not traditionally been the business of the courts. As such, they are rarely, if ever, appropriate subjects for judicial review. Former Chief Justice, the late William Rehnquist, explained on behalf of the U.S. Supreme Court that clemency and pardon power is committed, as is our tradition, to the authority of the executive. The pardon clause is set forth in Article 2, Section 2, Clause 1 of the U.S. Constitution and applies to all offenses against the United States. All of the election integrity conduct by Republicans is viewed by Trump haters as an offense against federal elections, and thus the conduct is pardonable regardless of where the charges are filed. Any candidate for office who uses the line that the president cannot pardon in state cases as an excuse to not commit to pardoning Donald Trump and other targeted Republicans is a liar. We need a president who understands the proper role of the presidential pardoning power as a tool to right injustices in our judicial system. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The hypocrisy and lies of the liberal media are alarming and even incite public unrest. But the fake news and the commentators who slant coverage are finally being exposed. At phyllisschlafly.com, we promise to provide timely alerts and take effective action on your behalf. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey, welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height here to wrap up the show for Mr. Ed Martin. I tell you what, uh, we had a couple, man, there's a couple of good interviews there. We're getting into the weeds. I love getting into the weeds on issues. And you know why? I, I It just, I think that in America we have lost, and, and this is, we wanted to make this wrap up. Here's the, what you, instead of a wrap up, let's do a window today of what you need to do. Um, what you need to do is educate yourself. I don't know about you, but I enjoy learning about things. I enjoy learning about uh things that I didn't know before. Now, of course, there's a limit. You know, I, I don't know if anyone except for the folks who are really into it enjoy calculus or some of the very advanced, you know, disciplines. But I mean, I, I just I enjoy knowing about things. I think that that's a good thing. I think that's healthy. And I think that uh, largely and, and maybe you'll disagree with me. Let us know. Uh, shoot us an email. I think that uh, Ed often puts that out there. You can uh, shoot us a, an email Ed at edmartinlive.com, uh, Ed at phyllislafley.com or uh, shoot us a text. I think we've got uh, 314-256-1776. Let us know what you think. Is that lost in America today? Do people not want to be educated, to just know about things, to know things about things anymore? I enjoy that. And I really enjoy getting into a topic, Let me, whether it's a, something about uh, the historical side or something about a scientific discipline. I just like to know a, a little bit of, of a broad spectrum of things I want to know. And uh, Dr. John Lott, we're getting into gun laws, existing laws versus gun control. Uh, our great interview with uh, with uh, Ken uh, Abramovitz. Uh, that was really interesting. The multi-front war. Man, I tell you what, I, I enjoy knowing about these things. And um, I enjoy getting into an issue to understand a little bit more about it. I think that that is something that is incredibly valuable to us as Americans with this unique opportunity we're given, born in this country or uh, come to this country of our own choice, uh, to have an opportunity to be a part of the governance here. Uh, we the people, as, 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 while we're able to, while we can keep it, this republic where we get to go and make these decisions about who represents us and uh, what the values are that they are taking to our government, man, we should be educated and understanding of a broad range of different issues. It should be enjoyable. And I think that we should shoot uh, for that knowledge and that kind of time that we can spend on things. And I tell you what, we, we do that, actually. Let me I'm going to put a little plug in here, uh, which I don't think Ed will mind. I've, I've, you know, get, you, you ask me to fill in. I get to say a few things. We'll get to uh, self aggrandize just a little bit. But uh, I know he mentions often <laughs> our day, uh, our day job at the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Uh, if you come on over to the Phyllis Lafley Eagles YouTube or our Rumble account, either one, uh, you're going to find a weekly program called Unauthorized Caucus. We have these kinds of conversations. Uh, Mason and I, my colleague, we get into some of these discussions, and we're not really looking to provide the answers so much as to start the questions. In fact, this week, uh, we are having a really interesting discussion about this uh, this economic myth of the top 1%, uh, or this greed of capitalism, the inherent greed of capitalism. We're going to get into it and talk about 
about that. We actually had someone ask, hey, what does this mean? Because I feel like it's this loaded question where the left comes in with a moral high ground and yet they don't make any points. I want to know how do I how do I refute and talk about that issue? Well, let's get into it. I'm not an economist, but let's get into it and start to understand a little bit that that's what we need to do is to get into different issues and understand it. Just like we talked about at the beginning of the program here, the wink, uh, which was to stay doggedly pursuing after the truth. Uh, Sure enough, that means educating yourself on different issues, things that you don't necessarily touch in your sphere of influence or your career or your life, your family, your job. Uh, but it is good nonetheless to be just a little bit educated on all of these different disciplines and to have an understanding there. You can speak intelligently to something uh, or you can dive into that intelligently. And as a part of the governing system here, as a citizen that participates with your civic duty in voting, in having influence in our legislators, uh, in having influence over our executives, in having influence over our judges and our judicial system, we ought to have a little bit of that understanding across all these different disciplines. That is incredibly important. And I think that that love of learning and that love of just understanding things is, is gone. I think that it is time for us to revitalize that again. I want to do it. I want to raise my kids to feel that way. I, I hope that you feel that same way and will join me. Maybe you'll come on over to an authorized caucus Thursdays at noon. We do a live stream every week and we talk about something. We dive into a ton of different topics and issues. And sometimes it kind of goes across a headline. Sometimes we're going to go deep into the history of something so that we can understand. Hold on. I, I, you know, like I hear about this, but where did it come from? What does that actually mean? mean? And then what do I do about it? Or what do I say about it when I encounter this with someone who wants to talk about it? Uh, Or if I have an opportunity to speak to this? Uh, Or if we just have an opportunity to listen to candidates and go and vote, make a civic decision, uh, we ought to be educated. So that's what you need to do. Uh, take that uh, take that pursuit of the truth, what you need to know that we must not tire in pursuit of the truth. And there's what you need to do is go and find the truth, pursue the truth and research, find education. You don't have to become an expert in all these different fields, but uh, learn something about each of them. Go and enjoy it. Gather things up, gather knowledge. I think that that is incredibly powerful. It is a tool that must be in the belt of our citizenry if we are to continue and preserve this great republic uh, of the United States of America. I tell you what, we must have that come back. Uh, So come on over, Unauthorized Caucus. Join us on Thursdays. This show, the Pro-America Report, is a great place to do that. Uh, You will find conversations about a broad range of issues here, and you will find open-mindedness to search for the truth, not predetermine what it is, especially based off of some emotionally driven argument. You will find people looking for uh, what is true, what is right, and then how we ought to respond. So, uh, With that in mind, with that uh, knowing what you need to do and uh, what you need to know today, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being here, the Pro-America Report. Uh, We're greatly appreciative to our partners over at the Salem Radio Network. I'm grateful to uh, my co-producer, Mason Mohan, and also we're very grateful to Ed Martin for leading this show. Thank you for being a listener and a great part of this show, the Pro-America Report. Go to ProAmericaReport.com or PhyllisLafley.com. Sign up for the emails. Find all the past shows and notes and links and resources, and we will look forward to seeing you back. Back here tomorrow on the next one at the Pro-America Report. We'll talk to you tomorrow. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.